G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Has the Lord shown you to do something? Go do this. Go pray for that person. Go share the gospel with this other person. Go take this little step of faith in some other area of your life. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Some leave all the kingdom work to the pastor or to the Lord himself. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says we each have a role to play. There is God's part and there is our part. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Believers have the opportunity to be salt and light in a world that desperately needs both. Our culture is marinating in sin and hopelessness, and we have the opportunity to point the way to hope and forgiveness. But will we stand up and speak out? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us recognise the difference we can make and make the difference so that many will recognise. If you've ever complained about the state of the world that we live in, learn how your efforts can help turn the tide. John chapter 9, turn in your Bible to John chapter 9. And the title of my message is Believing is Seen. Believing is Seen. You know, eventually we all get around to asking the big questions about life. And one of the questions that's often asked is, why does God allow suffering? Why does the Lord allow evil in the world? Why do bad things happen to good people? And we could even ask, why do good things happen to bad people? These are big questions. We also have other questions like, why do I only lose one sock? And uh, where does the other one go? Now, I didn't, that's not really a big question, but, but this is not a new question. You might think it's new because it's a, occurred to you, but this is a question that has been asked pretty much for all human time. Even back in the days of Jesus, this question was asked. This is a story before us of a blind man that was healed by Jesus. And this man not only had his eyes opened physically, he also had his eyes open spiritually. We have all heard it said, seeing is believing. But in this case, believing was seen. I mean, imagine for a moment if you did not have the gift of sight. This man was born blind. He never was able to see. To be able to see for the first time the faces of your loved ones, the beauty of God's creation, and best of all, to see the face of Jesus himself, how amazing that was. And this man saw what really mattered. He saw what life was all about because of his encounter with Christ. So let's read together John chapter nine. I'll read verses one to seven. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, 
Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Jesus answered, it was not because of the sins of his parents or his sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming when no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes and told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seen. Great story, isn't it? So we're looking at the signs of Jesus as given to us in the Gospel of John. Seven signs in total. Sign number one was when Christ turned water into wine. Sign number two, he cleanses the temple. Sign number three, he heals the nobleman's son. Number four, he heals a lame man in Jerusalem. Sign number five, he feeds 5,000 people plus others. And finally this one, the healing of the blind man. Now Jesus did many miracles when he walked this earth. Why are these particular signs chosen and given to us by John in his gospel? Why do these signs matter so much? John gives us the answer in John chapter 20 when he says, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life by the power of his name. So these signs were given that we might believe. This is why I always say to a non-believer who's reading the Bible for the first time, start with the Gospel of John. You say, no, Greg, they should start with Genesis. Well, they could. Genesis is as inspired by God as John is, but the Gospel of John was written so people might believe. So it's a great book to start reading if you've never read the Bible before. So it's so people who don't believe will believe, but it's also written so Believers will keep on believing. Again, he writes, so you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. It was given that believers would keep on believing. As the great theologian's journey remind us, don't stop believing. <laughs> and even as Christians, we have moments of doubt. We have lapses in our faith. We have things that come our way that don't make sense, so the Bible bolsters our faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So when I read the Word of God, and most importantly, believe in and act on the Word of God, my faith will grow stronger. Sometimes we have our lapses, and that's why as Christians we need to doubt our doubts and believe our beliefs. Now you think about these miracles that Jesus did, the first one, uh, turning water into wine. He just brought joy into a wedding ceremony. But the miracles that followed, like the healing of the nobleman's son, the feeding of the 5,000, we see Jesus healing our bodies and providing our needs. But this miracle before us is on another level. So let's come to question number one, point number one. Why does God allow suffering? The disciples ask in verse two, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? So we ask the same question today, why? Why would a little beautiful baby be born with a disability? 
Why would God allow that act of terrorism? Why would God allow this war? Why would God allow this other thing that is happening, this tragedy to happen in my life? I'm talking to someone I know who feels like they were dealt a bad hand in the game of life. And it doesn't seem fair because you know other people that never experience the trauma you've experienced. Why did that have to happen to me, we ask. Why did that loved one die unexpectedly? Why do I have to have this disability? Why this, why that? They're valid questions. Ed Sheeran, you probably heard of him, is among 21st century's biggest global pop stars. But he just did an interview where he found himself, in his words, feeling suicidal after the death of two friends. And he also said that he got very depressed and found himself filled with anxiety and fear because of a sickness his wife was dealing with. And so he's in despair. I mean, being a pop star doesn't free you from fear and despair. <laughs> Having thousands of people adore you and buying your music doesn't make things necessarily better. He deals with the same issues that you and I deal with. So these are things that don't always make sense and there's not an easy answer. Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. We're considering some of the big questions of life today, including why God allows suffering. It's from Pastor Greg's message called Believing is Seeing. Let's continue. That brings us to point number two. Bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. Bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. In a broad sense, sickness, disabilities, even death are all the result of sin. Not personal sin. Because that was the question the disciples asked. Was it his own sin that brought this on him? Or was it the sin of his parents? Jesus is saying neither. Okay, so we don't need to blame it on someone. It's just sin in general. Passed on to us by our first parents, Adam and Eve, thank you very much. <laughs> but if you had been in the Garden of Eden and you had been faced with the same temptation, you would have eaten the forbidden fruit too. How many of you have ever sinned? Raise your hand. I rest my case. <laughs> you would have done it. I would have done it. And sin entered the world. Man was not created evil. He was created perfect. He would never have aged. She would have never had to die. We would all have been innocent in a sense. But Adam and Eve were given the ability to choose. And God gives all of us this ability to choose. Romans 5.12 says, As sin came into the world through one man, death came through sin and spread to all men because all have sinned. So God's not responsible for our sin. We're responsible for our sin. But we ask, well, why didn't God make us so we could not sin? Because he's given you a free will. He doesn't want a bunch of little robots pre-programmed doing it exactly what he wants them to do. He gives us a choice. And we can choose good and we can choose evil. We can choose right or we can choose wrong. And then we make our choices and our choices make us. There's a verse I love in scripture where God says, Behold, I set before you death and life, blessings and curses. Now choose life that you may live. It's almost like a teacher's in front of a classroom and she says to the class, okay, now you need to pass this next exam. And there's one question on the exam and I'm gonna give you the answer. 
Here's the answer. God says, okay, you, you are gonna go through life and I give you choices for life, death, blessings, curses. Then God gives us the answer. Choose life. I'm telling you, choose life. But you don't have to choose life. You can choose death. You can choose sin. You can choose a lot of things and then you face the consequences. I know it doesn't seem fair at times, but God gives us the ability to exercise our free will. So what do we learn from this story? Number three, though life can be bad, God is good. Though life can be bad, God is good. Now I want to read verses three to four again. But there's no break in the original chapter. So when we read in our Bibles, there'll be verse three, there'll be verse four, uh, there'll be chapter this, chapter that. But Jesus was just speaking in a continuous statement. So let's read it that way. Jesus said, it's not because of his sins or the sins of his parents. This happened so the power of God can be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us uh, by the one who sent us. The night is coming when no man can work. So instead of dealing with how this man ended up blind, Jesus said, I'll glorify myself through it. How? By healing this man. And by the way, God still heals people today. And it's a good thing to ask God to heal you. The Bible does say, if you have not because you ask not. So if you're sick, if you have some problem, by all means, go to the Lord and ask for his healing touch. Having said that, God does not heal everybody. Why? I don't know. But I'm gonna make sure that I ask him for that healing and it's okay to keep asking him for that healing again and again. So Jesus chose to do a miracle in this man's life. The question was not who caused the misery. The question is God speaking, will you allow me to use it? <laughs> and how Jesus touches this guy is really interesting because Jesus healed people in different ways. Uh, sometimes he would just speak and a person was healed. It was a man who was paralyzed in Matthew 9. Jesus just said, hey, take up your bed, go home. And the guy did it. And then there's another instance where a blind man was healed by the word of Jesus. He said, your eyes are healed. And they were. But then sometimes Jesus would physically touch people. The Bible tells the story of Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. And we read, he took her by the hand and she was healed. Then there's a story of that woman who had the issue where she was constantly bleeding and had spent all of her money on doctors. And she reasoned, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And as Jesus was passing by through a crowd, she reached out her hand and touched the edge of his robe with her finger. And the power of God was released and she was healed right there on the spot. So sometimes he spoke to them. Sometimes he touched them. Sometimes they touched him. This is different. Jesus spits on the ground. He never did this any other time. Can you imagine coming for prayer? Pastor, would you pray for me? Sure. Would you lay hands on me and pray God heals me? I was thinking of something else. What's that? Wait, what? This is kind of weird. Let's be honest. He spits on the ground, then wipes it in the dirt, puts it in the guy's eye sockets. Here's mud in your eyes, buddy. <laughs> then go to the pool of Siloam and be washed. Incredible. Jesus varies his methodology so we will not trust in the methodology, but rather trust 
in Him. Point number five. There is God's part and there is our part. There is God's part and there is our part. Look at verse seven again. Jesus told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And the man went and washed and came back seen. That must have been a weird sight. Isn't that that blind guy? Why is he running down the street? What's in his eyes? Where is he going? What's happening? And this guy goes and does what Jesus said. I want you to notice there was no promise attached to this command. Jesus did not say, go wash in the pool of Siloam and your eyes will be healed. I'd run too. He just said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Didn't say what would happen next. This guy's faith is activated and he can't get to the pool of Siloam quickly enough. He's sprinting there to do what Jesus said. We need to follow his example. Listen, when opportunity knocks, don't sit there complaining about the noise. When opportunity knocks, you need to open the door. And I have found in my life that pretty much everything I've ever done has been a step of faith. I've never had a detailed blueprint. I didn't even know I was starting a church when I was starting a church. I was 20 years old when I started pastoring. How would you like to have a 20-year-old pastor? <laughs> but I didn't go out to start a church. I went to teach at a Bible study that no one seemed to really want to teach at. And I just did the best job I could do and it started to grow and, and these people attending started calling me pastor. And I said, I'm, I'm not a pastor. I'm just, I'm very young still. In fact, I felt called to be an evangelist. And I said, no, someone else will come and be your pastor one day. And it continued to grow and I realized it looks like I am a pastor. I was starting a church without even knowing it. I had no game plan. This is the blueprint. This is how we'll do it. We'll get our brand. And then we'll get out there and get the word out. You know, there was just us doing what God was leading us to do one step at a time. So has the Lord shown you to do something? Sometimes it's just a little nudge from the Holy Spirit. Go do this. Go pray for that person. Go share the gospel with this other person. Go take this little step of faith in some other area of your life. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Whatsoever. He didn't say, you are my friends if you do whatsoever you agree with. Or you are my friends if you do whatsoever you find easy. No. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I commanded you. That man acted on faith. Great insight today from Pastor Greg Laurie here on A New Beginning. Counsel on following and serving the Lord in the way that He's called us to. Next time, more insight based on the healing of the blind man in John chapter 9. Be back for more of the series, The Seven Signs of Jesus. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Believing is Seeing. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.